Our podcast is supported by Adobe in the Adobe Creative Cloud, the world's best creative app and services, so you can make almost anything you can imagine wherever you're inspired. We use Adobe to help make this podcast using Audition, InDesign, and more. So join the creative community with the Adobe Creative Cloud, and let's make something better unlocking your world of creativity. Tap into your most original thinking, organize your ideas, and create the opportunities to launch your creative work. Unlocking your world of creativity with best-selling author and brand innovator, Mark Stinson. Welcome back, friends, to our podcast, Unlocking Your World of Creativity. And we go all around the world talking to creative practitioners about how they get inspired how they organize ideas, and most of all, how they gain the confidence and the connections to launch their work out into the world. And today, we're taking our first creative journey to Portugal, and we're talking to Jose Vieira in Northwest Portugal today. Jose, welcome to the show. Hello, Martin. Thank Great. you for the invitation. Absolutely. And Jose's company is the Viarco Pencil Company. And when I first read about your company, Jose, I thought, a pencil company. That's interesting how they make pencils and so forth. But the more I read and the more I learned, you really see the pencil as a creativity tool to really support creators and artists. What is your motivation behind the craftsmanship of the pencil? Okay. So making pencils, it's a good thing. We are bringing to the world something good, something nice, Something that can be used for children, can be used by artists, can be used by a carpenter, can be used by a writer. Okay, so it's a good tool. And the manufacturing process, it's very interesting because to make such a simple object, you need to have an entire factory where you need to combine chemistry and engineering and precision. And you have a lot of little things to make an, a simple object. And with all the concentration uh, where everything needs to be fast and cheap or super branded stuff to, to have a place in the market, we noticed that we were not able to compete with anyone, okay? Because the company stopped investing in the 70s after the revolution in Portugal, okay? We have a dictatorship here for almost 50 years. So in the 70s, when the, the revolution happened, we were an empire and suddenly we were one of the smallest countries in the world. The people that were here at that time, okay, they didn't have the capacity to make this, to give this, I don't know the word, I'm sorry, the step forward, let's say it like that, yes. in order to, 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 to transform a whole industry to the standards to the uh, to the 90s and then to the 2000s so suddenly we could not compete with anyone uh, super brands like faber castell or or Carandash or things like that they are the they are in the top okay and then you can buy final products cheaper than we buy the wood okay mm. 
So basically, if you have a whole factory that it's not competitive, that it's not uh, doesn't have the capacity to use the regular tools of the economy, okay, we need to find other ways to survive, or we give up and transform the company in something like a commercial uh, company. We can go buy, put our brand, make our designs and sell it in the, in, the, in the market. Or eventually we could try to do things differently because you have a lot of laws, you have a lot of rules, you have a lot of expertise, specialists on everything. And the world is a mess between witches and economists. I think witches probably <laughs> <laughs> yes. will be. And you talk about the economy and the squeeze on small manufacturers to try to compete with the speed and cost of large manufacturers. But you're a family business that's been around, I think I saw in 1907. Your yes. great, great grandfather started this company. If I think about all the economic turns, all the wars, all the, as you say, the political ups and downs, this company has continued to survive. Yes, Sometimes a company to survive today, it's, I don't know how to do, I don't know how I'm going to leave the company or for to who I can leave the company because family business, they are usually uh, quite complicated because we have personal things that are mixed with the professional things. And if you try to do something in a professional way, it might create a problem, a personal problem to, to the involved persons. Okay. Yes. And here it was not, it was what happens in the, when the, the company arrives to the third generation. Okay. They didn't have a strategy for the company because the company produces pencils, they produce hats, they produce shoes, they produce plastics. Okay, they have a lot of businesses. So in the first part, the third generation, they split the company in two. Okay, and then the part that uh, becomes to with the pencil factory, they were, I think, uh, three, four, five, uh, about uh, six or seven partners, okay? And they didn't have also something in common because some of them work here, others didn't work here. The company was struggling to survive, okay? It's not uh, profitable. If you have a profitable machine, everyone is happy. If it's not a profitable machine, okay, you start to have problems because some people have an income and another don't have an income. We started to have these kinds of problems. So in 2008, 9, okay, here in Portugal, the financial crisis arrived hardly in 2011, okay? Yes. But the problem starts two, three years earlier. And we were trying, I worked here already. I work here in, at Viarco since 2000. I came as a trainee, okay, someone from the family to learn things that could be pivot between the clans, let's call it like that. <laughs> and someone that could speak with everyone. 
And uh, I came here and I studied marketing, okay? So when you get, when you arrive to a company that doesn't have a budget for marketing, okay, uh, where uh, you are in 2000 and you are speaking on internet, but people still typing letters and yes. use the fax machine, okay? If you go to the, some of our equipments could be in a museum, okay? Actually, I think it's a, a little bit the, an history of the pencil manufacturing because we have machines from Germany, we have machines from Japan, we have machines from the United States, from Spain, okay? So it's, it's other manufacturers that comes to visit us, they understand what happens here and what happens in, in their own industries. So I'm losing myself. What was the question? <laughs> no, this is the perfect, the road to success in a family business. And you talked about when you joined and the partners and everybody had various interests for sure. But now somewhere along the way you decided. Sorry, I didn't tell you that. So in 2011, we had two options or we closed the factory or we bought the company. Mm -hmm. So me and my wife bought the company, okay? And tried to do the project that we were trying to start many years before with the previous owners and they didn't want to go that way, basically. Yes. And you talked about some of the machinery and the, even the history. Your town, your city is known as an industrial sort of labor, but still a lot of technology and innovation. Certainly fashion and textiles are there. But you've made this your home to be a creative company and to support the creativity and the artists. What is it about the city that you live in and that you're headquartered in that influences your business? There's a lot of influence, okay? Because we have everything in 10 kilometers. If you need something in wood, you have a friend, five minutes. If you want in leather, five minutes. If you want something with steel or with felt or with leathers, whatever, you have it all around, okay? It's a good place to make tests because a lot of small industries in some point, other big companies, okay, with a lot of technology. So you have access to craftsmanship, but at the same time, access to technology. If you can make a 3D print, but at the same time, if you have an artisan that is faster making the prototype than a 3D print, okay, let's use the artisan. So basically, you have both things. So it's a very good place to, to have an industry, okay? Mm -hmm. And you mentioned the size, just 8 or 10 kilometers square. Yes. Uh, for my American friends, that's about three square miles. It's interesting. That's about the same size as my town in Idaho, in the northwest of the U.S. And so you're in the northwest of Portugal. And if I can pronounce the name of the city right, say Zua de Madeira. How, am I very yeah, close? Almost. <laughs> it's, it says São João da Madeira. Very good. I'm glad you corrected <laughs> me because we're going to want to look that up later. But certainly the great history of that town. But you have a nice 3D tour of your neighborhood, of your block, of your factory on your website. 
But for, yes. for friends who are listening to this on a podcast, describe the setting of your headquarters, of your factory there in Portugal. Okay, it's a whole building. Okay, it starts uh, in 1919 uh, here as a hat factory. Okay, and uh, then uh, according with the business starts to grow and diversify, the factory starts to occupy all the area. Imagine this, our office, it, it was the house of the founder, okay? And But today it looks like just a building, but the house is still inside of the building. So it was built according with the needs, okay, step by step. But basically it's a very ancient building that had uh, industry working here for more than 100 years. The pencil factory arrived to the to to the city in the beginning of the 40s because initially it was located in, in the another town in the north of portugal okay so only in the 40s it comes to 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 the to this place so it's a non-functional building it's a nightmare building everyone say oh how beautiful it is oh how nice it is but then you need to, okay, but I need a new roof. I need to work on the windows, okay? And I have a dysfunctional production line because things go up and down, okay? But at the same time, it's quite authentic. It's not yes. a fake yes. place. It could be a museum, but instead of you have a line of machines clean, uh, we don't, that don't make noise, they don't make anything, okay? Here, of course, industry make noise. And There's a lot tells, of noise. Okay? Yeah. And, it, and you have smells from the wood, from the ink, everything. But it's a very beautiful process. So the thing is, we understood that we have two things. One, we have the heritage and then we have the business, okay? If you look to it as a business, okay, close the door because you have fast ways to earn money, okay? If you look to the heritage, you start to have a, a vision of long term and we start to, to think like this, okay, if, you if we close the door, no one else will make pencils in Portugal, mm -hmm. okay? Two, if we close the factory, all those machines, eventually someone will make a museum with them, okay? Why shouldn't we use this, okay, and start to create value instead of trying to have price? And in 2008, something really special happens here. It's uh, because we create a, a, an atelier for artists, Okay, in the old area of the head factory that closed in 2000. And suddenly we have a 500 square meters of industrial area that it's not being used. And we have two options. One, rent it. Okay. Two, use it as something that could be useful for the company. Imagine this. I'm learning about the pencil industry. I'm not an artist. I'm not a user of the products we make. I don't understand what is the soft, what is art, what is something that uh, someone wants to blend the colors, another one wants to layer the colors. So there are many things 
that you need to learn. And But how you are going to learn it? The best way to learn about it is to give the opportunity to people to explain you when they are using them. So we make the we made the atelier. It's a free place, okay? No one pays anything to use it. We have a local community that people that want to or pretend to be artists in the future. And at the same time, we receive people from other parts of the country or other parts of the world that come here for artistic residences. Mm. So they come, it's free. They don't pay, they don't need to leave artworks, they don't need to give uh, uh, or to make any kind of exhibition. The only thing that we pretend with this place is to create something that it's, you know, where you can have freedom to do whatever you want to do. Okay, right. you don't have any kind of obligations. You don't know if you want to come for a week, you don't need to be worried that you need to work every day on something to live or to show or to exhibit. So people don't need to do, they don't need to come to work if they don't want. Okay, it's a pity. Okay, sometimes it happens, but uh, uh, we want to keep it this way. Okay, a free place where people come to experiment things, okay? To the, where they can abandon their studio, their atelier, and they come to test and experiment. Of course, that after a few years, because just from 2008 until now, it's 15 years, I think, mm. 15 years. So many artists pass here and we learn a lot. We learn that one, the, the knowledge that we have in, in a pencil, it's huge. It's it, if you start to think in simple things like music, okay, they are always using the seven notes all the time, all the time. And every day someone makes something new with it. If you look to the alphabet, that's about 26 in Portugal, about 30 characters. Okay, let's call it like that. And every day you write new texts, new books in Portuguese, in Spanish, in Italian, in French, in English, in probably many, many with 30 characters. So if you start to look how is a pencil made where you have wood, and then you have graphite, you have clay, you have pigments, you have waxes, okay? Suddenly, if you look to this as a kitchen, we can cook the same ingredients, but yours will taste different than mine. So, because when you are playing with the information just to see what happens, it's like making a cake, okay? You have eggs, flour, and sugar, okay? Three basic ingredients. You know that if you put more eggs, you will have a more moisture uh, texture, That's right. okay? If you had some chocolate, you can make a chocolate cake and you can add and remove different things. So basically, there's a lot of knowledge that is gathered, uh, reunited here that we can use things that they thought in the past and see it's a little bit like the pharmaceutical companies. <laughs> I saw that you, you are right. the guy from the pharmaceutical.
go okay and suddenly it's like you have a bunch of materials products solutions to cure rare diseases okay and you don't use them because they are not profitable they are good ideas okay they can improve things but suddenly you don't make them because they are not profitable so if you don't have a super high industrialized structure, you can stop and you can test and you can experiment. And if you are not focused on uh, costs, you can make it by hand and test it. If you are not worried with the numbers of the sales, okay, you can start small and learn with the process and improve the process and the product with the help of the people that it's trying it for the first time. So suddenly we have the time, we have the knowledge, we have the perfect environment to test the products, okay? Because suddenly without leaving our place, okay? We were uh, making uh, development, research and develop mm -hmm. all that stuff, okay? We were making artistic and cultural things that become marketing. And at the same time, with the people that we received here, we could test the project, not to see what is the cost of it, but what is the value. Yes. And suddenly, well, your, the your value... metaphors are so good. The baking, the cooking, the science, putting <laughs> it all on. together in a kitchen of innovation. I, I love this creative space that you've made to welcome all the artists and to use it as both a creativity outlet, but also R&D and customer feedback for yourself. But Jose, you've also talked about not only the factory and sort of the workings of the business, but your strategy and approach of collaboration. You know, it's support of the arts and the artists, but I also see collaborations with different companies, with corporates, with museums and art foundations. I was particularly struck by a collaboration with the Speedball Company, again, on something mm -hmm. so simple as a steel brush. I mm -hmm. read about a tribute to the steel brush, and I thought, we've held it up. It's a real piece of art and the heritage that you're talking about. But what's the approach of collaboration that you feel like you've built into your company strategy? Mark, it's all about people. Nice people, nice projects, okay. So just simple as this. We are a very small company. We are always struggling to, to pay our bills, always struggling to fund the projects that we cannot do, okay? Yes, and it's about people, okay? So when you find the right people and the right people, we all have interests associated all the time, okay? With the wife, because they treat us well, because we have fun together, okay? The friends, because we like to be with them. There's always an interest associated to human relations, and when you find the nice people tend to be interested, okay, in help. And sometimes I have an idea, the guy, the right guy to help me in the project, it's Viarco. Not because we will solve them the problem, but because maybe we know someone that can help them. Mm -hmm. So we are always doing this. We are not ceramists. 
But if he met someone from the ceramic that comes uh, and tells an history about fire and kills, uh, we start to be interested on ceramic. Okay, not because of the market, but because of the possibilities that we might have to introduce new things. Because industry, they focus on competition. Okay, they learn to do something. Okay. And they fight for that, that place, that market, that, that part of the business. So they, they tend to try to do things like this, try to make the cheapest thing as possible and then spend a lot of money making marketing saying they are good. Yes. And here we start to, because we cannot compete with this because you need to have a lot of money to, to spend on advertising, on things, on social medias, blah, 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 all that stuff, okay? We are trying to make the best thing as possible, okay? The best thing as we can do. And if the person that takes contact with them, they like, okay, they will make the advertising for us, okay? So uh, we, we are not very effective in social media. We don't make a lot of videos of our homes making things and making demonstrations because when you start to, to do different things, you never know where they are going to be used and how and by who. And if you start to make a category, this is a watercolor or this is a wash or this is a pastel or this is you start to compete, okay? And you start to, to reduce the possibility of people use that tool in a different way. So we try not to orientate too much. We try not to be artistic because one of the things that we learn, it's the most important part of drawing or making hearts it's the part that you have fun doing it. <laughs> yes. And uh, and that's the reason we start to make a lot of different toys, things that are not, uh, they don't have a purpose. You can use them, things that children catch, grab, and use it, and put the adults looking to that and say, how oh, am I going to use this? And then they start to experiment and they start to play, and suddenly they start to enjoy drawing because they don't have to make a face. They don't, have to, they don't have to make a landscape. They don't need to make portraits or something. Okay, right. they are just playing. I so, love that. I love that. That we don't have these rules or patterns that they have to fit in. They just are creating and having fun. Yes. I love that. Yes. So inspiring. Jose, what a fantastic conversation. And now talk to the creative people. We've had a virtual conversation today. I love traveling all over the world virtually. But many people travel to Europe. They want to visit the capitals of all the major countries. But give us a reason to get out of Lisbon and come visit you in San Juan de Madeira. I'm, am Stone, I getting closer? Much better, much better. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Why should we come okay. visit? First of all, San Juan de Madeira, it's the smallest administrative area of Europe. 
Okay, we have a, a territory of eight kilometers, square kilometers. Okay, five minutes to the left, to the right, in front or back. Okay, you are out of the city, you are out of the city. But here, as I told you, uh, Portugal, it's a small country. Okay, you can drive and you can go fast to certain places. Of course, the capital, it's the capital. You have Porto and the airport about 40 minutes from here, from our city. That's the second larger city in Portugal. But here we made something interesting, okay? It's a little bit like the opportunity. Opportunities, they exist, but we need to try to see them. We need to identify them. We are industrial, okay? We just know how to make things. The word that defines the city, it's labor, okay? Mm. It's the labor city. We make shoes, we make things for the automotive industry. We have a lot of different things in eight kilometers, okay? Pencils, shoes, hats, a lot of different and diversity. So it's industrial. So we cannot have tourism. Okay, we don't have the castles, we don't have the sea, we don't have the mountains, we are we don't have the capital, so we cannot have tourism. But suddenly we noticed that we have a very diversified industry and connecting the industry with the population, with the society, it's very important for people to recognize value of things. They, everything, oh, it's old, I want a new one, and I want a new one, and I want a new one. And when they see the work, the labor of making things, they start to give them a different value. So the city hall, and with a lot of different institutions and factories from the city, we create a program of industrial tourism. So people can come, okay, they can come and visit the pencil factory, uh, visit, visit a hat museum, a shoe museum, they can visit uh, shoe factories, hat factories, they can go to an important and very nice gallery, not gallery, but the word for the contemporary art museum, okay? Yes. So you have a lot of things to, to do in the city. So if you decide to come to Portugal, that it's an excellent idea for your vacations and <laughs> yes. because it's a safe country, okay? Nice weather, nice food, quite affordable, okay? With a very diversified landscape. You can be in Porto, that, that the city, okay? Where you have all the things from the big city, but at the same time, uh, you can move 20 kilometers or 15 kilometers north, south, east, west, okay? And you have the sea and you have the mountains and you have a small village and you have another small village and another small village. So you have a lot of uh, spots, different spots. You have surf, you have so wine, uh, you can do everything here in the uh, in Portugal. Please be welcome. <laughs> I, I'm putting it on my itinerary right now. <laughs> okay. I love the enthusiasm. And Jose, that is one thing. I've heard the enthusiasm in your voice for the company, for the stories, but also for the art and for the creativity. And I'm reminded too, the way you put these things together. 
that, you know, innovation, a couple of weeks ago, I talked to a professor from NYU and an author, and he talked about how much creativity was the combination of things, maybe not creating something completely new, but bringing two things together in a new way. And even as you put industrial with tourism, and when you put wood and graphite with artistry and creativity, you've really, and heritage with innovation, you've really got a nice way of combining this. And I appreciate you sharing that with our listeners today. No, thank you. Thank you. It was a great pleasure to be here. Thank you for the opportunity. You bet. And listeners, again, my guest has been Jose Vieira. He is the head of a great company called the Viarco Pencil Company in Northwest Portugal. And I think he's pretty much invited us all to come visit him, his factory, and the industrial city that he works and lives in. Thanks, Jose. And I'm looking forward to continuing to follow your company and see what you are going to do next. What are you going to be bringing to the future? <laughs> yeah. Always many things at the same time. We are many things at the same time. When you are starting to develop something, you have a lot of uh, things that make you stop. It can be money, it can be time, it can be knowledge, it can be a lot of things. So we never know what is going to happen next. It's better to have a lot of uh, opportunities or <laughs> things at the same time because something will fail for sure. Uh, <laughs> and uh, we need to have a lot for one or two to become a reality. That's right. That's the business of creativity and innovation in all regards, isn't it? Thanks so much for being my guest, Jose. And listeners, thank you for coming by. We're going to continue with these around the world travels as we talk to creative practitioners and those that support the creativity on how we get inspired and how we can organize our ideas better and how we gain the confidence and the connections to launch our work out into the world. So until next time, I'm Mark Stinson and we'll be unlocking your world of creativity. We'll see you next time. Unlocking your world of creativity with best-selling author and brand innovator, Mark Stinson. This program was produced by BSB Media, creators of IntelliKey Leadership Stories, Unlocking Your World of Creativity, and ThePeaceRoom.love. We've created a special offer just for listeners of the podcast. You can get the book, A World of Creativity, for a special price of $5.98 for paperback. And the Kindle version is only 99 cents. Go to mark-stinson.com to take advantage of this special offer.